0: Complete Health Podcast, the podcast that brings you a complete view of healthcare, exercises, medicine, and much more.
1: We're your hosts, Helen O'Leary and Rhys Noble, both physiotherapists at Complete Physio and Pilates in London.
0: This is episode two, the second part of our sit down with Complete Physio Director Chris Myers, where he delves into one of his areas of expertise and passion, diagnostic
1: ultrasound. One of the clinical hats that Chris wears is that of an MSK sonographer, Meaning he's also able to use diagnostic ultrasound to diagnose musculoskeletal pathologies, which can help guide your treatment.
0: There's definitely some clinical gems in this one for the clinicians and patients alike. We hope you get a lot out of it. Here for part two of our chat with. Uh, Complete Physio Clinical Director Chris Myers. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard podcast one with Chris, was uh, a good conversation between himself and and Helen really about the origins of Complete and where they started and how the companies work together. So if you want to skip back and have a look at those, um, it's a it's a really good listen. So I certainly learned a lot and uh, and I've worked for Complete for eighteen months, <laughs> so it's finally nice to know these things. Um, so uh, section two here with Chris, uh, we're going to focus on. Uh, ultrasound and sonography for those of you that don't know chris is one of the leading um physio- certainly one of the leading he physiotherapists in sonography as his head's growing here <laughs> um, in certainly in the uk and he does teach all around the world as well uh, so he's extremely qualified to be talking about uh, ultrasound and and particularly i guess where that fits in the patient journey uh, to you know to getting people back to to healthy and happy and, and doing yeah. the things that they're wanting to do. So Chris, um, I guess just to start off, what how did you end up as a sonographer? Because obviously not all physios do it. It's not part of our no. basic training. So where did where did that start? Where did the interest spark off? And, and how did you end up uh, qualifying?
2: Yeah, So I was I can remember the day it happened actually. It's like when your children are born, <laughs> if you have children, which I don't. But anyway, so it must be about 12 years ago, I was working as an extendoscope physiotherapist in the NHS with Dave Baker, who I run Complete Physio with, um, and we were carrying out um, unguided steroid injections. Yep. Which is um, an uncommon. Yeah, which is, no, it's I mean, that was, it still yeah. goes on. Yeah. Um, and certainly back then it was the norm. So that's basically when you carry out a steroid injection for something like frozen shoulder or arthritis um, and you don't use any form of imaging to guide the needle. So, in th- And there was certainly evidence coming out at that point that uh, maybe we weren't injecting exactly what we thought we were injecting. Yeah. Um, the way to get over that is obviously to do an accurate injection, carrying it out under either ultrasound guidance, or some people do it under fluoroscopy, which is a type of X-ray, or is an X-ray. Um, but we decided that it would be really good to start offering um, ultrasound-guided injections in the NHS. We were very well supported by our manager um, and a few of us went off and uh, once we'd brought a machine um, on, uh, in, in the clinic, we went off and did what's called a postgraduate certificate. So a postgraduate certificate is what you do to become a musculoskeletal sonographer, and that's somebody that uses diagnostic ultrasound for the diagnosis of lots of different sort of soft tissue and nerve and joint problems. Um, through that process, you have to carry out 250 scans. Uh, you have to scan with a supervisor every week. So it's really intensive training. Mm. It's basically retraining in an, in somebody else's job. So, But as a physio, it is for me, it's just the sort of natural extension of my assessment. So I'll, I'll carry out a normal assessment like a physio would do, um, and then I would extend that and carry out a diagnostic ultrasound scan. Yeah. So that really helps me to confirm my diagnosis Uh, and that's really important before you even think about an injection is to make sure you've got a confirmed diagnosis and it's the right thing to do at the right time, Um, but obviously from that, you can then carry out an ultrasound-guided injection. So what you end up with is is what we call a complete, is essentially that one-stop clinic, where a patient comes in, you do a full history, you do a full examination, but there and then, in the clinic room, you carry out a diagnostic ultrasound scan, and obviously for somebody that's booked in for an injection or where it's appropriate for an injection, you can carry out an ultrasound-guided injection. So that really is a one-stop clinic. And certainly at the moment on the NHS, that could be a six to 12-month pathway, whereas we can do it in 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, Australian. Um, So it's a pretty awesome service. It's quite a unique uh, service. It's an affordable service. Um, and it, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's something that's very useful and something that we've integrated now into complete now that we've, we've left the NHS. Yeah. Um, and yeah it's, it's, as I say it's a unique service but I think it's it's really great to have that position within a physiotherapy clinic
0: yeah I, 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 you touched on it there I'll just get you to um, expand on it a little bit obviously people coming in for an ultrasound scan I think it's important that the knowledge is there that they're going to have a full assessment first it's yeah. not come in I have a sore the, you know I have a sore shoulder or a sore hip or whatever it is lie down on the bed get a scan it's I'm gonna assess you as any physio should. Yeah. And then this is what I think it is. I'm now gonna
2: ultrasound you to confirm that. Yeah. That's yeah, that's really important and, and the classic saying is treat the man, not the scan. Treat the woman, not the scan. So yeah. it works too. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's not just for ultrasound scans. Yeah, no, no. True. So I C T s anything.
2: And I think there's certain groups of clinicians um that sometimes look at the scan before they actually assess the patient Mm -hmm. we would always assess the patient first and then we will use the and when 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 you carry out an assessment whether it's a physiotherapist who scans or not you're already forming your hypothesis and your diagnosis of what you think is going on and you might in your head come up with four or five different things so for example for a shoulder it could be is this a bursitis is this a frozen shoulder is this a Uh, a tendon tear now clinical assessment can differentiate that so not everybody needs a scan but if you want a little bit more information or you want to confirm the diagnosis for example if something's not getting better or if you're considering an injection then uh, an ultrasound scan allows you to do that so it just helps you to gain what we say is just another layer of information uh, to the clinical assessment
1: so even if you're quite certain of your diagnosis through clinical findings would you still do a scan?
2: So there's certain conditions where you don't need imaging, um, so for example a frozen shoulder is a clinical assessment, so that's something that a physiotherapist can assess and d- that you don't need imaging to confirm that diagnosis. Um, I'll get A few examples of where I would want imaging relatively quickly in the patient pathway is for example if there's been trauma. So if somebody's fallen over, with a classic fallen over whilst running, fallen onto their arm, and you know they've seeked um, uh, an assessment by one of our, our physios, they're very limited in their range of movement. They've clearly had trauma and they're not improving. That would be somebody where I'd want a bit more information as quickly as possible to ensure that that patient gets the right diagnosis and is therefore not wasting their time with their management plan a significant I think we have about six of our physios now that do diagnostic ultrasound and that's out of sort of 15-20 physios Mm -hmm. Um, but what we have uh, is a situation where if somebody needs a scan then they can speak to one of the physios that carries out the scan we don't charge specifically for the scan Uh, we just think it's really important and actually probably the the main focus if you ask me what the main focus of our clinical assessment or not just our clinical assessment but our clinic is to get the right diagnosis as quick as possible mm-hmm. yeah. and not waste people's time and ensure that they're getting the appropriate treatment
0: yeah definitely and, uh, and I know from my experience it's great to be in the clinic with you because it can just this is what I've found this is what I'm thinking Chris can you quickly have a look at it and, yeah. and you know confirms it most of the time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you know might lead you down a different pathway yeah. so either it's you know confirm to the patient that we're on track and we know what's going yeah. on, or ooh, we've picked something up that we otherwise might
2: not have. And we do and have that, you have situations where you do find things on ultrasound that you did not expect from your clinical assessment. Yeah. Um, and that's what's great about having ultrasound on site and in clinic is that we can get that information. Yeah. Um, and I think the key thing is if, you, if you've had trauma, so if you've had a specific incident, I think it's good to get some imaging. Yeah. Diagnostic ultrasound is very good for muscles and tendons um, particularly for muscles and tendons to look for uh, ME, any structural change but also if, if people aren't improving or if they come to the clinic and they've had four different physios from different clinics or they've seen a sports doctor or an orthopaedic surgeon maybe they haven't had imaging for a while or they haven't had imaging at all then it's quite good to get some baseline imaging to see whether or not there is something and that patient is that person where Actually, this hasn't been picked up, yeah. uh, and it will potentially change the patient yeah. pathway. Does it. does happen, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: So you speak about baseline imaging. So does that mean you would use it as a reassessment tool as well after a period of rehab, or how does it? It, fit it depends in there?
2: on. That's a good question. It depends on the condition. Um, so because I carry out quite a few ultrasound guided injections, there are some conditions where I I may rescan to see if they're improving. If they've had a rotator cuff tear, then I may rescan to see if there's some primary healing taking place, um, but as I said at the beginning, we always base, if a patient feels better, they feel they're they better, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Yep. It, whatever the ultrasound scans, so we, we always hang our hat on our clinical assessment on what the patient is telling us, and the ultrasound is, is there to, su- to support it, um, but we would always focus on what the patient is
1: saying. And I think that's key because you know you could image 100 people and they'll all show abnormal Kind of things within yeah. joints or muscles or something, but actually, there's a very large degree of normal. So yeah. most people won't have a yeah. quote normal. And there's step. yeah,
2: absolutely, and there's lots of red herrings as yeah. I call them. So basically, a patient will walk into clinic and they say, "I've got um, a, a rotator cuff tear," um, but th- it's not unless they've had trauma. That rotator cuff tear, particularly if they're over the age of fifty or sixty, could be normal age-related <laughs> change. And yeah. we all know everybody at this table is over thirty. I'm, <sighs> The youngest by Just. far. But, but, <laughs> you um, we, we know that people over, you know, even elite athletes that are twenty yeah. twenty one, they have imaging changes yeah. and structural change, and the key is to relate that structural change to the clinical assessment. And that structural change may be irrelevant to mm-hmm. that patient's presentation, and that's why imaging. Is very effective in the hands of the person carrying out the clinical assessment mm-hmm. if you can do imaging and the clinical assessment in the same room at the same time you are more li- in my opinion you're more likely to find the more the most relevant findings to that patient's condition because
1: yeah,
0: nice. it, it, it just as a, a bit of a side note I guess the classic one is the MRI of the lower back That's yes. The classic yes yeah. where basically every decade, you go up, it's 10% more changes. Yep. Yeah, so
1: from the age of sort of late teens, early 20s, you will get degenerative change in your spine.
2: Yeah, and, and we've... Sure we've seen Which of all... course is not degenerative change, it's no. just normal um, age related change. Yeah, yeah and then. the
1: biggest factor for that is genetics, so yeah. you can't even change, change it. There's, a, yeah, there's lifestyle yeah. factors that can kind of come with that, but your genetics yeah. are your unequivocal reason for Does the... It, thanks mum and dad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and you know, we've, we've all seen that the classic is the, the patient walks in and, and you say to them, oh, you know, how can I help you? What can I help you with? Yeah. Scan. Scan. Yes. And you're like, okay, yeah, but... but we'll look at that assess. in a second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's assess it. You know, and then yeah. they've got right-sided low back pain, but they've got a left-sided
2: disc bulge. Yeah. So it, is, it happens a lot. It happens yeah. a lot. And that's where you've got to put everything together. Yeah, that's exactly. why I think physios, particularly the guys that we have, are in a great position to carry out that full clinical assessment. Yeah. And I always say to people when they, you know... Um, when they've been elsewhere, it's like, well, what did they get you to do? What did they look at? And that sort of thing. And that, and that can generally give you an idea of how much time they've spent actually doing a, a thorough clinical assessment. Yeah. Um, and that's really important. Most of us will actually treat a patient before we even look at the scan results anyway. And that's why we always do an ultrasound scan at the end of the assessment, because you don't want that scan biasing your yeah. clinical assessment. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's
0: one thing I've really found since working with you and obviously having that um, ability to, to give people scans under under the same roof you know it's all I don't have to send them off to, yeah. to diagnose to, to a diagnostic imaging place or anything like that. Um, I've found that it's quite powerful for some buy-in as well like what are your thoughts around that yeah, in yeah. regards to you know I guess it, it if you can get that 100% there it is on the scan after your clinical assessment of course. Yeah. Like, do you feel that that's more likely that people are then going to to see out their course of treatment?
2: Yeah, I think uh, absolutely. At the end of the day, the the first stage of any treatment is getting the right diagnosis. Mm. And if, you know, we're all very skilled practitioners and we can feel things and we can see things and we can move things, but actually, you know, you... To actually then take the next layer and look underneath the skin, yeah. you're going to have that your patient is going to have the confidence. Not only do you think this is what's going on, actually this is what's going on because this is what yeah. we can see. It's it's black and white literally,
0: yep. um, <laughs> on an ultrasound
2: scan, and and it and it really helps with patient buy-in. And the other point I would make, and it links into what you said about imaging, is from from a patient point of view, we know that. Imaging can can mean different things, the same imaging result can mean different things in different patients because it depends how they, how they assess clinically and what mm-hmm. their function levels are and what their pain, you know, we know two people can have exactly the same scan, one can be in 10 out of 10 pain and one can have zero pain and be an elite footballer. Yeah. We know that, there's enough evidence now to support that. So how you present, so it's not just about the actual image itself, it's about how you present those imaging findings to the patient. Yeah. Um, and actually the worst thing you can do with imaging and we know imaging does this and this is why we have to be careful with who gets imaging is it can promote a lot lot of fear in patients. And one of the biggest things I try and pick up in clinical assessment is is, is that fear factor. So if somebody says, well, I'm not running, I don't want them to go because I've got a disc prolapse I want to know why they're not running. Well, why aren't you running? Well, I saw an orthopedic surgeon 10 years ago and he said I shouldn't run with a disc prolapse. Well, if everybody in the world didn't run with a disc prolapse in this country, (laughs) let's work it out. If there's 60 million people, we know roughly 40% of people have something wrong on their spine. So 40 million, sorry, 40% of 60. Reese, what's that? A lot. Quite probably a lot. 24 million. Yeah. So, really? <laughs> yeah. So roughly 24 million people shouldn't run. Excluded from running. So say that, you know, yeah. the couch to 5k and that's how people get... who, have rec- so, who
1: have said that they've got something wrong. So we
2: should saying. never make decisions on the scan. Now, how you present the imaging findings and how you communicate that with the patient is probably the most important thing. Yeah, for sure. So if I say to somebody, you've got a rotator cuff tear on the right, but actually I'm scanning your left, you've got exactly the same. Hmm then those imaging findings are probably less relevant to that mm. painful right shoulder. Yeah. So how you present it is either going to inflict fear for the rest of their life, yeah. which is my pet hate, mm. or it's going to actually encourage them to exercise because you're making their imaging, if you like, more normal. Yes, And, it's, and it's... that's really important. And physios are really, and I think we're particularly good at that, because we will always start with that clinical assessment. And you know, it's, it's that classic thing of, you shouldn't run, you're gonna wear your knees out. Well actually, there's more evidence that running will improve the strength and stability of your yeah. knee. It's actually protective. And yeah. this, is, this is, you know, this fear thing is, the fear is the biggest risk factor of chronic pain. So if anybody that's got chronic pain out there, and they're sitting there going, I'm scared of doing this. yeah then that's the patient that we enjoy treating because we think we can make a big difference with.
0: Yeah, and I think the big thing for me it, 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 with those people is focus on what you can do, not yeah, what absolutely. you can't. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and you can sort of almost see things come over people's face when you say that to them. Okay, so I know you can't do these things or, you know, you've told me you can't do those things. What can you do? Let's focus yeah. on that. And they're like, oh, actually, yeah, I can do mm-hmm. quite a few things. So, you know, just... Uh, and, uh, you know, but when you say, why that,
2: can't you do it? they can't actually answer it yeah but they just they've been told they shouldn't do it or they think they shouldn't do it and that comes down to pain
1: Mm. yeah and this is where your pain questionnaires and things come in because Mm. actually some people don't realize that that's what they're saying so Mm. by giving a kind of subjective questionnaire which asks a lot of those things and then they sit there at the end and go oh i didn't realize that that's where i was at that's another kind of good Mm. baseline measure which can form part of your clinical diagnosis if you're worried that someone's kind of involved in that fear yeah yeah.
2: and so i think just going back to the ultrasound side of it i think it, it 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 helps to empower the patient but at the some some time we see patients where actually they do need to back off a little bit not often it's very rare we will tell somebody to stop running or you know but for example if i scan an achilles and i see a tear or i see a big bursitis, which is inflammation of the sort of sac that's in front of the Achilles, then I may need to just back them off running for a couple of weeks, or modify their running at least. So it can really help, you can use that imaging um, not only to get the right diagnosis, but but to help um, uh, structure your rehab, basically.
1: So will you kind of use the ultrasound image then to kind of guide whether it be, you know, you take the rehab or somebody else takes the rehab, like Reese? Yeah. um, will you use that imaging to then determine load or determine where they should be starting at?
2: Yeah, so what, in terms of tendons, I think the the imaging's gonna, the the main priority for the imaging is it's gonna give you the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And from that, you'll be able to work out whether this needs a heavy load program or it needs an injection or it needs shockwave therapy. So, and and it's not that black and white, Mm -hmm. but it, certainly with experience, you get an idea of what somebody is going to benefit from at what stage. So yeah, exactly. If they need more of a rehab load specific um, uh, a rehab, then I might refer them off to say Reese or somebody that does lots and lots of rehab or into the Pilates studio if we know they need to work on their more proximal control. So something a bit higher up. So it, it, it can help with that. But certainly the priority is that it's, it's giving you that diagnosis diagnosis there and then um, and particularly for those patients that have had trauma so that they felt something go or those patients that aren't improving I think it's really important to get some imaging.
1: So those are the kind of patients that it works really well for so what can't you scan or what doesn't it work well for?
2: Yeah well yeah it, the spine yeah. so, so, <laughs> so yeah. diagnostic ultrasound is excellent at seeing um, things uh, and structures that don't have a bone in the way because as soon as ultrasound which is just sound waves hits a bone, it reflects back. Mm-hmm. So it's like bouncing it into a mirror. You can't see behind a mirror. Mm-hmm. So as long as there's no bone in the way. So shoulders, absolutely brilliant for, in my opinion, gives you more information than, than MRI for a lot of these rotator cuff tears, etc. Elbows, very good. Wrists, pretty good for, certainly mm-hmm. for certain tendon conditions. Um, hips, pretty good for. Uh, Proximal hamstring, which is the tendon at the top of the where it attaches onto the bony bit of your bum that you sit on. It's not bad for that, it's probably not as good as MRI. Mm -hmm. Uh, Knees, you can get some useful information. Then obviously any muscle tears or tendon problems, it's really, really good for. Um, So for most of the things that come into our clinic, unless it's a spine, uh, diagnostic ultrasound definitely has a role.
1: So sort of anything around the limbs.
2: Yeah, and what's great about ultrasound is, first of all, you can scan the asymptomatic side So you can actually do a comparison from right to left, which MRI, well, particularly privately, that will cost you another 300 quid if you want to scan the asymptomatic side, which they probably wouldn't do anyway. So you can compare side to side really quickly. Um, uh, And also it's dynamic. So, you know, unlike MRI, you're lying down on your back and having a scan done, ultrasound, you can move, you know, most people come in because when they move something, for example, their arm, they get pain. So you can use ultrasound dynamically to assess the joint or the tendon mm-hmm. or the ligament whilst they're moving the area that's painful using their aggravating factor. And that can give you really useful information. Yeah. it's a bit of an
0: extension on the physio's old favorite of, does that hurt? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your, yeah, yeah, Instead of your thumb, it's an ultrasound problem. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. A, uh, yeah. You can give that, that. dynamic information. Chris, you, you do a fair bit of teaching. Yeah. Um, both here, here in the UK and internationally, um, if anyone's
2: interested. Where yeah are they, where do they go uh, well, they they can go well, i run um a company called smug uh with a so, <laughs> so fitting for so fitting, <laughs> <laughs> which is called the sports medicine ultrasound group yeah. um and yeah if you google that it will come up but um what we're finding is that it's not just physios that that use ultrasound anybody where you've been in and you've had a clinical assessment ultrasound can be useful so orthopedic surgeons are learning how to do it podiatrists are learning mm-hmm. how to do it osteopaths are learning how to do it obviously sports doctors are learning how to do it um, and that's because we appreciate that there is an element of guesswork to our clinical assessment yeah um, educated guesswork and experienced guesswork but then unless you're actually looking underneath the skin mm-hmm. uh, there is going to be an, an element of, of guesswork to it so lots of people are very interested in it um, it's, yeah it's
0: quite amazing so i, I refer quite a few people yeah. to you and, and sit in generally on the ultrasound scans and it's actually been for me i've found a really nice way to retouch on my anatomy yeah. yes because obviously loved anatomy at uni but mm. don't really retouch it that much once you're qualified and yeah. working yeah. so the ability to look at the muscles and, and you can see muscle compartments so clearly yeah. on yeah. that you know we, we were getting yeah. a, ha- yeah. we a hamstring just last yeah. night just, just yesterday and you know you can see the yeah. the tendinosis membranosis yeah, yeah. you can see yeah, it all there can. it's actually amazing just to rehash a little bit of that and get you thinking and so. the anatomy
2: is different to the books not oh, massively. so yeah. we always say that you know it's you either think about anatomy so radiologists and that will think about anatomy on an mri scan and they'll compare it to an ultrasound whereas physios we think about it really from an anatomy book that isn't yeah. always yeah. the most accurate uh, representation of it and i always think that undergraduate level ultrasound should be used to teach anatomy yep. and you really Definitely. then get that appreciation of what things actually yeah, look like the old, uh, is it
0: Netta Netta, Netta or Grace yeah, 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 yeah. yeah fantastic fantastic books yeah. um, they are good and then again you, t- you touched early on Chris about um, injections yeah. yeah and obviously the, the the heavy link between ultrasound and injections yeah, yeah. Um, so how have you seen that develop yourself not, not just with your practice but yeah. overall in the world of physiotherapy like yeah, um, well, obviously, injections
2: you know, physios in this country have a, a wide scope of practice. Um, so we've been physios have been able to inject in this country um, for probably probably twenty years now, and probably more. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, sports doctors, orthopedic surgeons, lots of people do these injections. And, and there is certainly in private practice in London, it's it, it's almost frowned upon really now. If you were to do, or in my opinion, not frowned upon, but. Certainly, most people should be having ultrasound guided injections. There's in enough opinion. options
0: available that it, it's not a rare thing anymore. Yeah, it? you can exactly. find people to get yeah.
2: guided. Now, obviously, in the you know, in yeah, this well, is in private practice in London. I think you know, particularly with health insurance, most injections now, to be honest, will always be done guided. In the NHS, um, lots of uh, injections are done unguided. Where I worked in the NHS, we did them unguided, and then when we started doing ultrasound guided injections. Um, the GPs were still doing unguided and, and we said that's fine because you know a lot of unguided injections will still work yep. um, and the research shows that in some cases guided injections will give you a better result. Um, anecdotally I find quite often that it does give me a better result from when people have had previous unguided injections that haven't worked and we used to say well if they've had an unguided you didn't get the desired response and you're confident of your diagnosis then consider a, a getting a guided injection done. So I'm not saying every injection should be unguided. I can assure you every injection at complete is done guided, um, and I do anecdotally feel that that's the way that we should be doing it. But I think what's important is it's not a debate between guided and unguided, because you've got to remember that ultrasound starts with a diagnosis, Mm -hmm. and getting the right diagnosis is essential to doing the right treatment, as I said, and if a steroid injection or another type of injection is part of that, then you've got to confirm your diagnosis first before you do your guided injection and ultrasound allows you to do that whole sort of one-stop
0: clinic that, that we talked about earlier. Yeah, Has that, that gives you that real confidence, doesn't it? That, yeah, yeah, it that
2: does. You're, that you're yeah. It in. And also, the other thing to mention is, the, the question is how does the injections fit into a physiotherapy practice? Well, I just think they it fits perfectly into a physiotherapy practice because physiotherapists always want to, we know that most things need moving, we know most things need strengthening, mm-hmm. But if pain is your limiting factor yeah, you have to yeah. So if pain yeah, is your limiting factor for rehabilitation and you've tried lots of different options and you're not getting somewhere, then as physios we can be quite limited yeah. but actually if it's appropriate via the correct diagnosis to have a guided injection, you can settle the inflammation and the pain down and that gives you that window of opportunity that in our clinic we see, as the deal breaker really between whether people get better or not yeah. and whether they engage in their rehab and in lots of cases avoid surgery, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in, in shoulders. You know, it's yeah, Very, time, very yeah. few of our shoulder patients are going off to get a surgical opinion mm-hmm. unless you know there's something obvious that we know that's not going to improve with injections and, and our experience allows us to say well this probably won't get a better with an injection. Yeah. Whereas a frozen shoulder walks in, we know that that's the sort of gold standard treatment that we can offer at the moment. So, again, it comes down to getting the right diagnosis for the right patient and getting them on the right treatment. So, if you're
1: a patient listening to this and you've gone, yep, I've got a shoulder problem, I've been going through physio for X number of weeks and it's got a little bit better, but nothing's really changed. Yeah. Is that the person you could go, you should probably get some kind of imaging, whether it be an ultrasound scan or something else, like what would your, what would your go-to yeah. be first? So
2: for a shoulder, which we see loads of, and, and is my um, particular interest, <laughs> um, our ultrasound is the imaging modality of choice for your, uh, as your first imaging modality, mm-hmm. sorry. So yeah, if they're not improving, let's get some imaging. They could, and we've seen, it, they could have a tear, They could have calcification. They could have a raging bursitis. They could have lots of different things going on, and it may be that the diagnosis may change the management from a physio point of view, or it may be that you add in um, a a guide injection or something else. Um, But yeah, there's certainly, you know, we have the three session sort of rule. If people aren't getting better in three sessions, then consider some imaging. Consider thinking well. Actually, maybe there's a little bit more to this. So somebody that's not getting better is going to be one of my main indicators of yeah. of, uh, of doing a, a a diagnostic ultrasound. Take home there which at... takes about five to ten minutes. Mm. You know, it's not really
0: yeah, it clears you know, things up, doesn't? It? Yeah, it does. The, I guess the take home again there is um, just like we were <clears throat> having a bit of a chat about manual therapy before. It's not the be-all and end-all. It always has to play part of the bigger picture. Yeah. So, you know, the injection, while it's going to make you feel really good for t- six to ten weeks, yeah, yeah. Th- that is just part of the clinical pathway and yeah. part of the treatment. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, w- we've seen them as physios. People go away, have their injection. Oh, shoulder doesn't hurt Feels anymore. Great. Yeah. That's they come back six months later. Don't do their exercises. The don't yeah. do yeah. their... And, you know, and then they end up having a second injection. Yeah. Da, da, da. And so the, the take-home there is... Just as ultrasound is just part of the clinical pathway, just as injections part of the clinical pathway, manual therapy, everything plays its role, yeah. and that's where it's important to make sure that you sort of have that planning, mm. isn't it, with your with yeah, your physio yeah. between patients to know where where it's headed, and everything plays its
2: little yeah. part. But to have that all under one clinic, which yeah. is what we've got, yeah. is probably one of the sort of differentials I think in yeah, our, our clinic compared to forces, other physiotherapy yeah. clinics is we've got that one stop clinic, you know that we can provide those different sort of elements to that patient depending on what's wrong with them
0: yeah definitely any other questions I think we haven't touched I think we've touched on some pretty good stuff there we've
1: got an idea of why and when we should be yeah the only only thing I
2: would say is if there is any patients that listening to this and they want to we myself and Dave we run the clinic spend a lot of the time speaking to patients you know, is ultrasound relevant? Is yeah. steroid injection appropriate for them? Yeah. We'd much rather speak to somebody for two or three minutes and find out if this is appropriate before they book in. Yes. And it might be that it's more appropriate for them not to have a scan, and actually see one of our rehab physios or, or go into Pilates, but we're more than happy to speak to people to find out whether or not it is appropriate for a scan or a guided injection. Yeah. Um, so people see the, the right person at that first appointment or yeah. not as the case may be
0: yeah and it, it, okay, there's a bit of a conversation at the moment around steroid injections yeah. and yeah. things like that which there always should be You know, yeah. should, we should always be critical of things that we're doing um, but I think the combination of the ultrasound mm. is going to um, narrow the scope of who's having them to make sure it's the right intervention for yeah. them yeah. not just willy-nilly sort yeah. of <laughs> injecting whatever and yeah. hoping it works yeah. by having the imaging scan in your case it's narrowing the chances of that becoming successful yeah. for the people you're doing it with. and a lot
2: of this comes down to you can read the research you can do you can read all of that and be up to date but at the end of the day a lot of this comes down to clinical experience and pattern recognition and seeing that type of problem before yeah and knowing what helped or what didn't help help and therefore probably finding the most appropriate treatment for that patient as quickly as possible yeah um, and not wasting anyone's time
1: Perfect. Beautiful. Thank you. All
0: right. Well, thanks for that, Chris. Very informative. Um, again, I've learned some thanks things diet, diet, which it is. is nice. Absolute pleasure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, for any anyone out there listening, if they're if you're keen on an ultrasound or you you know nagging issue that you want looked at, um, certainly get in contact with Complete, and we can uh, get you booked in. So thank you. That concludes episode two of the Complete Health Podcast. For any further information or queries, please feel free to email in to us at either reese at complete-physio.co.uk or helen at complete-pilates.co.uk. We're also on Instagram at completehealthpodcast, all one word.
1: Keep an eye out over the next week for our third part in our chat with Chris about the treatment of Achilles tendon issues. And if you enjoyed this episode, you may also enjoy episode one that was released last week where we delved into how complete physio and Pilates started and how they continue to grow. Stay Stay healthy and and goodbye. goodbye.